Welcome to The 100 Podcast. It's Ed and Charlie here with you. Hope you're well. Today we're continuing our team preview series with the Southern Brave. Obviously, they'll be based at the Aegeus Bowl in Southampton. They'll be captained by Hampshire captain James Vince. And they'll be coached by Mahela J. Wardner, who I think we both agree, Charlie, is one of the very best coaches on the circuit. For sure. He's such a shrewd coach. He just... He loves cricket and you can tell that unlike some people in the game, he watches a lot of cricket. He analyzes a lot of cricket and he's able to identify very good players. And you can tell that in the squad that they put together. Indeed, obviously he's the coach of the Mumbai Indians in the IPL who are just the best side in the competition. I think he understands how to create and maintain a really good T20 side in terms of team building, but I also think he's very tactically shrewd and just one of the best thinkers in the game. So I think that is going to be really important for the Southern Brave. And James Vince is a very good captain, so that's a good starting point. But Charlie, let's go through the 11 that we've picked out that we think is the best one from their squad. Yeah, so we think that their best team looks something like this. So Quinton the Cock will open up and he'll keep Wicket alongside Devon Conway. Uh, James Vince at three, who captains. Then Delray Rawlins, Andre Russell, Ross Whiteley, Liam Dawson at seven. And then Joffre Archer, Chris Jordan, uh, Jake Lintott and Tymor Mills. Let's start at the top of the order because I think that's the obvious place to, to start from, Charlie. Quinton de Kock and Devon Conway both came in as replacements for Marcus Stoinis and David Warner recently. And they are just two really, really good operators. Quinton de Kock, I think, is just one of the best T20 batsmen out there. And Devon Conway has obviously risen to prominence in England after that majestic double ton on debut against us in the Test match at Lords. But also playing for Somerset, he's been very good in the T20s for them. He has. It's a really well-balanced opening partnership and arguably I think it improves on the Warner Stoinis one that they were presumably originally planning to open mm. up with. Quinton, I just love as a player. He's so explosive. He's such a rare talent. Uh, he can hit the ball 360 all around the ground at high power. I just love watching him play. And Devon Conway as well is a player who wasn't hugely on the radar until fairly recently, but has exploded onto the scene in, in such an exciting way. And I think they complement each other very nicely. Conway's been playing, I'm not going to say an anchor, because he's he's more explosive than that. But at Somerset, he's been playing a slightly more muted role compared to Tom Banton, who's been teeing off a little bit more. But it works so nicely. And I think that you can transfer that partnership over here to the Brave, where Quinton the Cock, you expect, will be the slightly more expansive of the two. And Quinton will play slightly more reserved. But it works. It's a nice balance. And I'm looking forward to seeing them play. Agreed. And I think Quinton Zakoka is just one of those rare players in the world who can go at it really hard straight away, but then will also score consistent runs for you. Looking at his T20 career, he averages nearly 34 with the bat at a strike rate of 138. And that strike rate is ever increasing in recent years. He's a guy who can really go at the off, but then he will also be somebody that can score consistent runs for you. I think that opening partnership will always give the Southern Brave a good start. And that's important, I think, because at Southampton, again, it's one of these pitches with a big outfield. You can have low-scoring games and the ball isn't coming onto the bat. Those two can scoring consistent runs at the top will be very, very important for them. I think it's a good combination. And then at three, James Vince is just one of the best players in England in the shortest format. He is, actually. Vince gets a lot of criticism for his... England appearances um, and while some of that is pretty warranted I think he's never really let us down in the white ball game particularly in the short forms uh, I think he's a quite underrated T20 batsman actually coming in at three I think he'll be very good for this side 
He has captained Hampshire for quite a while, so he has a lot of experience there too. I think he's a really nice straight player in T20 cricket. He's able to score at a nice rate pretty consistently. It's very rare that I see him get bogged down either, which is another very useful trait, particularly in this 100-ball format. And so he caps off a very nicely rounded top three, in my opinion. I think James Vince is just a really excellent T20 player very classical he's a right-hander so that will complement to Cock and Conway at the top order so I think that's really nice I think those three are just three consistent run scorers who will score quickly enough I think the Southern Brave will really depend on them to score the bulk of their runs but then you look down the order Charlie past these guys who are going to score runs at a good rate you've got some real accelerators Delroy Rawlins is a middle order pinch hitter basically scores very very quickly for Sussex Ross Ross Whiteley is a guy who strikes at over 140 over his career as a finisher for Worcestershire, really good at the death for a long time in the T20 Blast. And then you've got Andre Russell, who is just one of the best finishers in T20 cricket, one of the most powerful hitters in the world. It is a very nice middle order. It takes a very different approach to the top three, perhaps, in that I think, like you say, you're expecting these guys to score their runs quickly and not necessarily always scoring a huge deal of them. But that's okay, because... When you only have 100 balls to work with, sometimes you need someone to come in and just score very, very quickly. And I also think that you have the option here with these guys to be very flexible in the batting order. We've said this before in our Trent Rockets preview, that the flexible batting lineup will be something that teams will use or should be using because it's such a a valuable asset depending on the situation and, and the circumstances of the game. And having free players and a kind of block like these guys who you can back to just change a game within five, 10 balls... I think that's a very, very good asset. Agree. Del Rey is a really good player of spin. He'll be aggressive. He'll come in and just try and add some impetus in the middle overs. Then, obviously, Ross Whiteley's great at the death against quick bowling. And Andre Russell is just, I think, the the most explosive finisher in T20 cricket. He was the IPL MVP in 2019. He averaged 56 in the tournament, a strike rate of over 200. This guy is one of the most dynamic players in the world. And I think in the 100, where maybe you look at some of the seam attacks, they're a bit weak. Maybe we're not sure about the death bowling. He could be someone that just sets this tournament alight. Oh, absolutely. Andre Russell is just, I don't have the words to express the ability that Andre Russell possesses with the bat. I just love watching him play. And I think having a player of that quality and that rare skill set playing in this tournament in English domestic cricket is so incredibly exciting. I know that the the blast has always attracted, you know, big hitters and big names like Chris Gale, for example. But Andre Russell just has the star quality. He has that appeal about him, both in terms of an on-field cricketing sense, but just off-field as well, even marketing-wise and just his, his power. I'm excited. I want to see him play. He's just an exciting man. I just think he's he's very cool, like a lot of the West Indian T20 stars these days. Very relaxed, very cool, just a, a good guy, but also so explosive and so competitive. There's a real fire in his game. And I think it'll be interesting to see how they use him because you probably want him batting at four or five, make the most of him in a tournament like this. So it'll be interesting to see. Following those guys in the middle order, then you've got Liam Dawson, Joffa Archer and Chris Jordan. I think Liam Dawson is more of a calming presence, but then he's a guy who can accumulate runs and score quickly when necessary. Joff Rice is a very clean hitter of a ball in T20 cricket, as is Chris Jordan. The batting's deep, and I think what's exciting is that you know if there are early wickets, if maybe Delroy Rawlins doesn't come off, maybe Andre Russell get, gets out early, and suddenly you're looking at some wickets falling, 
they have some real depth to their batting without sacrificing their bowling attack, which I think we can both agree, Charlie, will be one of their big strengths. Let's start with the seamers. Joffre Archer, just one of the best T20 operators in the world. Chris Jordan, obviously a mainstay of the England side. And Tymel Mills, a guy who probably should be in the England mix as well. There is a scenario, I think, where the T20 World Cup comes around this year and those guys are the starters for England. Yeah, agree. I think Tymel Mills is one of the best deaf bowlers in the game, actually. And I think it's... I think it's pretty weird that he's not playing for England as much as he is. I know he's had his injury setbacks and all, but his skill set is so so high and so so rare. And I just think he's such a good deaf bowler. He has so many variations at the end, and he did come up clutch more often than not. Chris Jordan has had his fair share of struggles for England lately, but at this level, I still think he has the ability to to make it count and be a good option. I don't even need to say how good Joffa is at the deaf. So they've got that really, really locked down. These guys can all do a very nice job up top two in the power play, and I'm backing them all to do a job in the middle order should they need to, although I think they have other options there as well. So... With those three guys, you've got a very, very nice seam bowling attack. Probably the best in the tournament, I'm going to say. I just don't think any other team has three genuine domestic players who can all bowl at the death. Like Mills, Jofra, and Jordan are all really good death bowlers in domestic cricket. I think Chris Jordan is overrated as a T20 death bowler. I think he, he has, has it. I think he is overrated, but in T20 cricket at a domestic level, I still think he's very good. So it's amazing that they have all these three guys who can all bowl at the death, all really add something there and bowl some serious pace. Joffrey's lightning, Tom Mills is lightning, Chris Jordan's pretty quick. So I think this pace attack is just really special. And I think Tymor will see in the power play. I think Joffrey will see in the power play as well. So I think this seam attack is just ready to light the competition up. What they do have, Charlie, is two spinners who are ready to complement them in Liam Dawson and Jake Linter. Liam Dawson is a guy I think we may see Balsam overs in the power play. Yeah, agreed. He's really good at just tying down opposition and getting a few really cheap, really quick overs through early doors. And Linter as well, he's... He was the wildcard pick. I love what he has to offer. The left arm leg spin is such a lovely skill to have. It's so rare. And I think a lot of teams might not have a great deal of info and background about him. So he's going to be a very unusual one. But I think he's very complimentary. He spins it the other way to Liam Dawson. So you have nice matchup options there. And don't forget as well, Danny Briggs and Max Waller are also in the squad. And so you have options for matchups. And I, I suspect those guys will come into the side on a few occasions, depending on the opposition. I think Jake Linton will start over Danny Briggs, but I just think he offers a slightly rarer skill set in the middle overs, turns it both ways. Uh, I think that left arm leg spin is going to be so valuable. What I like about the five that we have highlighted is that Liam Dawson will bowl in the power play. Jake Linton can bowl in the middle overs. Obviously, Delroy Rawlins, also a pretty useful left arm spinner who can bowl there. I just think that bowling lineup is so balanced and could do all sorts of different things. They're covered in the power play, covered in the death, covered in the middle overs. I think they can be so flexible and I just think it means that they're one of the strongest in the competition and then as you mentioned obviously Max Wall and Danny Briggs are there George Garton I imagine would step in for Joffre Archer when he's away with England duties and he's a guy who bowls some serious heat Craig Overton is a weak link so I don't think they're going to want to play him but you look at the depth they have in this bowling side and I think Garton can step in for Archer add some heat be good in all areas. And then Max Waller is good in the power play. Danny Briggs is good in the middle over. So again, they just have all of these matchup issues, all of this versatility, whoever they pick. So I just think that this lineup is so well balanced. And to be honest, Charlie, 
I look at this team and unless they play both Liam Dawson and Danny Briggs, where I think two left on spinners doesn't quite add the matchup ability they might want, I just don't see a weakness with this side. No, I completely agree. I think it would be a miracle if they don't go very far in this tournament. Even their reserve players, you know, players like Garton coming in. I mean, George Garton probably starts in the loft of these other squads. I think he's an excellent bowler, but he's not going to start here. Archer, Jordan Mills are, are clear. And I just think that's a real, real testament to the, the recruitment that Mahir Jar Warden and team have done here, because that's such a well-balanced squad. Uh, I like to say as well, it's so hard when you only have 14 or 15 spots to fill to cover this many bases. But they've done that. And I think they've done that better than any other squad. I think that the, the balance and the, the options that they have to bring in here is is just so, so superbly done. I think what's impressive also is they've understood where they're playing. Again, the Aegeus Bowl. It's a place where it can be tough to score runs past the power play. I've gone to plenty of Hampshire games where teams have just collapsed against spin in the middle overs. I think they understand that. They have guys in Liam Dawson and Danny Briggs who are, I guess, hit the pitch left arm spinners who are very difficult to play on those surfaces where the pitch is too paced. I think Liam Dawson is perfect for this pitch. I think Jake Linton will be really useful on this pitch. I think all their steamers are going to be good on this pitch. My one concern maybe is it would have been nice to have, I guess, a guy like maybe like Benny Howell or Ravi Papara, one of those seamers in the middle overs who can come in and take the pace off the ball. But I do wonder if a batter comes in and really takes spin down, what do they do? Because they'll want to save their seamers for the death. I think that's one area that they could be weak to. But to be honest, it's hard to find holes in this team. But if you were, say, a bowling lineup, Charlie, or a batting team against the Southern Brave, how are you trying to find any sort of edge against them? I don't really know, to be honest. If you're looking at this side, if I'm batting, I don't really know who I go after here. Maybe I try and attack Dawson early doors, but he's notoriously difficult to get away in the power play. He's he's going to ball quick and probably around the wicket of the left arm around, and the angle he, pre- he presents is going to be difficult to get away. Maybe someone like Delray you attack, but even he, you know, he's a canny operator. He's the sixth bowler. He's the sixth bowler as well. He is as well. Yeah, this is the thing. If I'm having to look for the sixth bowler for someone to attack here, then that suggests this bowling lineup is very strong indeed. I also don't really know where the weakness in the batting is either. Maybe the middle order is slightly weaker than the top order, but even then, you've, <laughs> I'm saying that about a middle order that contains Andre Russell. So clearly it's not that weak, is it? So I think this is just an exceedingly well-balanced squad. Yeah, I think if I was to try and attack this team in a certain way, I think with the bat, I'd be going after spin in the middle overs. I'd try and take Jake Linter down. I know that's a risk, but I think it's something you'd have to take on. Uh, and I think you'd try and use the pace of Mills, Archer and Jordan in the power play, as tough as it will be. I think you are just going to have to be aggressive and pick pick the spin to go out in the middle overs. But that can be very tough for the GS Bowl, so it'll be tough. I think looking at this batting lineup, I would just be trying to take wickets with the new ball. So I think if you can take a couple early and get Delray in in the power play maybe, then you're getting Andre Russell in potentially with, within the first 10 overs. I think that's where this side could be caught out. Say if you take three wickets to the power play and Andre Russell is walking in five overs in, you could attack him you know, with a slightly new ball, you can attack him when he has to survive for a little bit and kind of dig in. I think that's how I would look to attack this side. So even though I know spin is really, really useful in the Aegis Bowl, in the power play, I'm probably using my best seamers, trying to take wickets, trying to knock some batsmen over. And if you can do that, 
then maybe you can expose the likes of Russell and Whiteley earlier than you'd want to. But then you've got the likes of Dawson, Archer and Jordan who can all bat. So it is going to be a tough one. Let's talk expectations for this team, Charlie. Where do you think the Southern Brave are going to finish this tournament? As I said earlier, I think it would be a real surprise if you think qualify for the playoffs. And I think this team really should be getting to the final. And they've got a big, big chance of winning it here. I think pound for pound on paper, one of the strongest, if not the strongest squad here. So they'd be disappointed not to get very far here. Agreed. I think they are the strongest side on paper. Obviously, you're never going to win 100% of their games. So when it does come up to facing one of the other strong sides in the tournament, anything can happen. But I do think they'll make the playoffs. I do think they'll make the final. I think if you look at their squad, the balance they have, the depth they have, I just think they are probably the favourites to go out there and win it. So very excited to see the Southern Brave play. Before we go though, Charlie, which is the one player from the Southern Brave you're most looking forward to watching in the 100? Oh, Andre Russell, easily. I got I got very excited earlier on when we spoke about him. And I'm going to absolutely stand by that. I make no apologies for that. I just think he's such an incredible talent. He's so exciting to watch. And that, to me, is what this tournament is all about. Exciting players hitting the ball really, really hard. And that's exactly what he's going to do. There's no one better in this game at doing that than Andre Russell. Agreed. Andre Russell is just so explosive and I really can't wait to watch him play in this tournament. Usually I'd probably go for Quinton de Kock for my player to watch. You know how big a fan I am of him, Charlie. I think the way he scores consistent runs so quickly is going to be so good for this Southern Brave team and so valuable for them. But let's talk about Jake Linter. I just think he's going to be so valuable in this tournament. I know it's a wild card pick, but I do think that he's someone who's going to see significant playing time. He's a 28-year-old who's only played 21 T20s. And you might think, well, where's this come from? But his stats are incredible. He, you know, he's got an average of under 20 and an economy rate of 6.77 in 21 innings. He's really tough to get away. And as a left-arm leg spinner, you just don't see many of them out there in the wild. There are very few left-arm leg spinners playing in professional cricket. And I think that rarity, you know, I think the fact that players haven't worked him out yet could be really valuable. So I'd expect Jake Linter to be really, really prominent in this tournament to probably be one of the breakout players. So there we are. There's our preview of the Southern Brave. We're very excited to see them play in this tournament. And it's one of many team previews that we're doing. We're doing a preview for every single team. So make sure to check that out. Check out our Twitter page as well. It's at Podcast 100. Loads of great content on there. And please review, rate and subscribe to the podcast. It'll mean a lot to us. Uh, But thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.